Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Really 007 podcast for this third part of our in-depth review of From Russia With Love. So as I've already said, the the gypsy camp scene was uh, was filmed at Pinewood, but again, it must have been amazing for the audience to sort of see this that they were brought into probably scenes that they'd never they'd never seen before in terms of how life was supposedly lived at the time in uh, traditional uh, Turkish countryside. Looks like a re, re good lads' night out, doesn't it? This you got you got vodka, you've got uh, a belly dancer. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's like a good night out. <laughs> it's just missing that Robin Hood arriving or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they've, they've sort of had that show, haven't they? Like, and there's like these nice foods that the Bond's been eating. Uh, probably not quiche, but he's he's having some nice uh, nice Turkish food there. And then we have, of course, the famous gypsy girl fights, which apparently took three weeks of training for the two two actresses. This was uh, Israeli actress Eliza Gur, another I think Miss World nominee. And uh, Martin Bezik, who was also later going to be in Thunderball with Terence Young in a slightly bigger part. Interesting fact, actually, about about Martin Bezik. In the, the film's opening titles, I don't know whether you noticed, she's credited as Martin Bezik. <laughs> but apparently, by oh. I don't know whether it was in the auction we'll have seen because it, they, they fixed it, they fixed the error for the, by 2001 for the DVD release. So she only had to wait. But just under forty years for that to uh, that to be remedied. <laughs> That's so harsh. What do we what do we make of the uh, the gypsy scene? There's in the fight. Sorry, the fighting scene. The gypsy girl fight. It's tough. It's hard to watch. It's unpleasant. It's not. And uh, as for all the chore- choreography that went into it in the rehearsals, it's not slick or anything like that. It's an ugly fight. It's you know pulling, grabbing, rolling, falling. Like it's unpleasant to watch, but in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Just as you think it's possibly it's going to get so horrible, you, you, it, I don't know. I was thinking, heck, what's going on? Then the gunshot ends it all, and you're almost relieved that there's a gunshot. Yeah, which is unusual. I love that. I think um, for me, it's one of those scenes that in a few Bond films, they tangent for a few minutes to kind of highlight the culture 
that they're in. So uh, another example of it is in The Man with the Golden Gun when Roger decides to go to a fighting school or whatever oh. it is. And, and it, it, what it Doesn't is... Doesn't get better than that, is it? It's basically... <laughs> it's a brochure yeah, of, yeah. of the culture of the area. The wedding, and, and this is very own, similar to that. Twice. Yeah, you only twice. Same thing, and it's and and this is what this is here. It's uh, it's 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 trying to highlight gypsy culture, you know, and and that kind of thing, and it is unpleasant to watch. But I think it's deliberately unpleasant, and and I think that that's shown by how Sean Connery at the end of the scene says, like, "Can you make his request after the fight is." Can you make these girls stop fighting? It does, but it goes on quite a bit, doesn't it? You know, it's it's probably two minutes or so. The actual fight, something like that. It's films when there's something like that where there's a fight that's or something that's coming to a crescendo, and then something else interrupts it and takes it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, on an even bigger crescendo. It's uh, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's because it's absolute chaos, isn't it? The shootout. I couldn't even begin to... You'd have had to pause the film hundreds of times, wouldn't you, to sort of fully see what's going on, which worked. You've got the shootout, you've got every kind of person becomes involved in it, almost as if they're expecting it, like the way Karen Bay just gets shot, you know, he just carries on, makes jokes afterwards. Everyone seems to sort of think it's just part part of the game, part of the ride that, that keeps happening. Yeah, which is what makes it more interesting that, like, how does... How does... Bond differentiate who's the good guys and the bad guys. He's just basically giving everyone a slap as he walks past yeah. them. <laughs> Who does he know yeah. who's on his side yeah, or not? Yeah. It's just I'll, yeah. I'll shoot you. I'll you know throw you over a barrel kind of thing. It's quite a. But you're right. It has that very chaotic kind of energy, and I think that kind of it works really well. Um, and like yeah, yeah, that that kind of you building up, and then all hell breaks loose, and then it kind of just like I say makes it a bit more interesting. I think you're right. It is trying to be kind of progressive in its in the in the gypsy fight of being kind of bonds a bit like oh come on now now girls kind of thing. Mm. But yeah, the, I think the, the fact that it runs a little bit long is a little kind of gratuitous. You know, I would I would argue that. Um, but you know, it, it, not to you know not to can't excuse everything for it being a product of its age. No, but yeah, it's just, it's it's an odd scene. But like you say, it's kind of it's cultural. It's you know, Bond is trying to be a bit more kind of bringing his more Western sensibilities about about you know how women solve their, their, their issues. Yeah. it's what it's more pro- that, it reminds me, Tom. You'll be able to back me up on this. The it starts yeah with them watching that belly dancer. And like we've talked about before, as as brothers, we you know we oh, try to film our own going. James Bond films, <laughs> and we <laughs> had the camcorder with us on our holiday in um, Tenerife. Was it Tenerife, Tom? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And there was you know an evening's entertainment, family entertainment, but there was a belly dancer that came whilst we were eating our tea <laughs> and went around, yeah. and we saw this as the perfect opportunity to film <laughs> a really really Bond scene, as we called it. We had some of the actors with us because. I was there, Matt was there, and Tom was there, so we could find a way of filming it. <laughs> and we had this belly dancer at the centre of, you know, this evening entertainment. And we, I thinking back on it, Tom, we filmed it beautifully. Yeah, the shots were like, super. Like, a bit of pull focus on the tummy. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, so the tummy <laughs> her, her came into the, the foreground of this uh, Tenerife, and, yeah, yeah, a belly dancer. But then it focused in on, um, who is it watching in the background? Is it Matt as the villain? Yes, yes. Um <laughs> But then all, all that effect was lost because also at the tea table with him <laughs> yeah. was his dad and our grandpa. Yeah, grandpa just watching the belly <laughs> watching dancer, his belly dancer. Yeah. yeah. 
so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh-huh. it kind of we tried to recreate this scene. In some ways, it worked unbelievably well. In, we, in others, it was a bit flawed. But my word, I'd love to oh, pull that out and oh. uh, watch it again. We, we think we needed your granddad to just chip in by saying, uh, "You have a magnificent abdomen." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tell you, if you think the gypsy fight, no, I don't think so. John. Long and drawn out and gratuitous. Then, goodness me, this was like fifteen minutes of mainly someone's belly. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had no sense of <laughs> cutting things down. Going back to the um, oh wow, the end of the sort of bit. Well, after, it's after the fights and the shootout and stuff. It's a bit. Is that a bit more dodgy though? It's sort of like they both come into Bond's tent, don't they? And he has a he has a swig of his wine. Are we? And then they the sort of wake them off. Am I implying too much by that? I don't. Yeah, it's, it is unusual. Yeah, this is a clean podcast. I, I, I think it's general. unusual. Yeah, the the only thing it does highlight again is how. Just how committed he is to the job. Yeah. That he will, you know, for England, James has no care for that and walks walks away on, on with the mission. Though, as in, you know, pretty swiftly out of there. I'd just like to talk about the actual um, the actual fight scene, not the fight scene, sorry, the the main big spectacle um, thing. I mean, it's a scale that we've not seen so far in a bomb film. You compare it to anything on like Doctor No's level, it's. It's massive. There's some great shit, you know, and there's some things that are crazy and chaotic setting the fire off to it. You've got that amazing shot of Krilenko who just bounces out of nowhere yeah, and he yeah. basically just <laughs> with his gun like points into the screen, which I absolutely love that shot. But then you've got you've got Red Grant on the top watching over. Yeah, yeah. Um oh, yeah. and and what I love about that, the last film, Spectre, obviously they they preached to kingdom come about being was it nine eyes or whatever it was called the whole thing about surveillance and all that and they kept going on about it and they hammered it home and here you've actually got a far more effective way of specter surveillancing and watching people by a man sitting on the top spying on people that's how you do it you do it subtly yeah. And then just to top all this on top of it, if the scene couldn't get any better, you've got the 007 theme tune going on. Yes. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Here we go. Oh, it's just, this is barrier is best for me. This tune, I'm obsessed with this tune. First time it's used. Wow. John, can you name me the other four Bond films that it is used in? The one that always comes to me is Diamonds Are Forever in the Batho sub when uh, the end on oh, the yeah. um, on the, the oil rig, rig when and and Blofeld's having a paddy going yeah going in his Batho <laughs> sub going, get Disengage. out of here <laughs> yeah this I'm pretty sure it's using Thunderball um, yes, and I think is. it's on the one I think it's one of the fight scenes in Thunderball it's used um, yeah so I would Too guess much. the other one. Because I think there's two more, is there? Yeah, well, we mentioned... As far as I can think, I can only see it. In the Octopussy episode, we mentioned it. As a sort of... I think Chris mentioned it as a classic long crane shot. Oh, you only live twice. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, When he's knocking all the guys out and you just see it. Like, he's just taking everyone. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. 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 And there's another. There's there's one more. more. Yeah, and it's it's a bit of a gap. A little bit of a gap. Is it a Majesty of Service? No. Because I think that, that it isn't used them because they've got the, I mean, I can only... the, the title song, haven't they, as a like as a, an instrumental action theme. Oh, yeah. 
I can't picture it in a Roger Moore film. Apple. I can't. It's at a slower but pace. But I'm guessing it must it's a be. It's slower pace. It's on, it's on is it water. Like, isn't One Piece rearranged for a view to a kill? It it's not. Maybe, but it is not that. It's not that kill. one, no. No, it's earlier than that. Alright, okay. And it's never been used since. It's with a, a famous henchman who's in a boat chasing Bond and then goes down a waterfall. Moonraker. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well done. Oh, very interesting, that. I wouldn't yeah. have thought. So it's not been used since. I, I thought... I don't know. I was kind of expecting one of these new Cray bombs to use it, maybe. Um, in a kind of nice nice homage. Maybe Inspector, they could have used it. But it's amazing it's never come back, hasn't it? I don't I don't think it sounds that old-fashioned if they sort of did a new arrangement it's of it. great. I think it's more appropriate than the 007, you know, the Monty Norton, you know, kind of the ding 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 I think it, it sounds more modern. I think yeah. I, I could hear it in a, like you say, yeah. an alternate version in, in, in a Daniel Craig. Definitely. Yeah. I, I always associate it with Connery. It's a very, um, I mean, I, I couldn't even remember that it was in yeah, a Roger course. Moore film. I've always just thought it's Connery's music. It's always about like, I don't know what it is. It reminds me of like it should be in a caper film. Like a big heist that's going on or something. It's 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 it to me, yeah. if you wanted to describe what this what this music is, it's adventure. It, it, it's, yeah. it's like it's an not adventure. Absolute high stakes. It could, action. Be in an, it could be in a secondary action sort of thing. No. It could be in an Indiana Jones film. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. There are links, of course, aren't there? Anyway. Yeah. In the shootout, the thing we I'm sure we all noticed when we watched it. And something that they used in the video game very definitely was the technique of uh, Sean Connery, oh. which is quite strikingly different to the classic. I don't know, you know, when, let's say, Roger Moore is is sort of trying to kill Locke at the end of that. You know, it's like a before he kicks him off the uh, the edge oh. of the cliff, he's in that sort of yeah, tunnel, legs isn't he? Apart. Legs what? apart, arms, you know, properly firmly contacted into the future, almost using it as a rifle. But of course, in this, he's got it. At waist height, hasn't he? A brilliant shot. I don't know whether that is the best technique, but it it looks good. It looks very Connery. He looks like that's what he's I totally in charge. Yeah, I don't know. It's strange to think that he could be so accurate from the hip, like shooting people down <laughs> off from the battlements of the castle or whatever. Shoot from the hip, but, you knew yeah. You know, it's like more, I'm, more I'm like... happy to have a look at it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, sort of cowboy. Gunslinger, yeah. kind of. Yeah, there's something very yeah, westbound yeah, yeah. whole scene, isn't there? It's like a a fort yeah, being yeah. infiltrated. So after Bond has had a lovely time uh, as a tourist at this gypsy camp, he is uh, undertaking a mission with Karen Bay, essentially assassination with a lovely sniper rifle. And and who is he assassinating? John, can you just can you just pronounce it how we all we all love you to, please? Krilenko. <laughs> yeah, gorgeous stuff. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> Q 
Karen Bay's actually been injured. I don't know whether he mentioned that. He got shot, didn't he, in the in the fracas in the gypsy camp. And at first, the sort of scene set up as if he he needs Bond to shoot for him because of his injury. Mm. But then, of course, he he wants to do it himself, which is probably a deliberate. Yeah, and he's I think he's also let go of his sachet of tomato ketchup as well when he applies the <laughs> the gunshot wound to his arm. So now and now he's got that hand free as well. Yeah. That's the problem with putting him in uh, HD, isn't it? Uh, on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> the cinema goers at the time didn't see that. I mean, I love the bit like how he puts his shoulder out for James to rest the gun at first. It's yeah, oh, it's just mm. so crisp. Yeah, but then. I mean, I think James is very trusting to let him take this shot, really, because um, he's not a great shot, is he? And the scene plays out like you think you're watching it and you, the music's playing and you're just thinking, just shoot him, just shoot him. And it's uh, yeah, yeah. it builds up very much, but it's it's very satisfying once, well, Krilenko meets his maker. I think it it's great for their, their partnership and their bonding as well. Mm. As well, you know how he does put that trust in Kerim Bay. And I, th- I think that's a lovely moment, having spent so much of the screen time together to have it to all sort of come to that climax where they actually work together physically to take out Kurlenko. I think that's really nicely done. Yeah, you can remember, guys, what the the, the poster is that uh, is, is is adorned on the wall where Kurlenko appears from. You can remember that, can't you? I can't remember the film. Bob. It's Anita Ekberg, isn't it? It is. Yeah, and Bob Hope. Bob Hope, yeah. Can you remember the title, Chris? Well, uh, it's got something like "Call Me Something" or something like that. I can't. I can't <laughs> yeah. remember the rest of it. <laughs> it's "Call Me By My Name." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, not "Call Me Banana." It's "Call Me Buana." Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I've not really looked into it. I think. I think it's some caper, isn't it? As it, they don't make capers these days, but I think it was one of those it, those it, type it, of films. It's a Salt and Broccoli production. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, it really is. Is it the, uh, it, it the beginning of um, product placement in Bond films? Mm. I was just about to say that, John. Um, really? We don't really do that. We don't really go in for that these days, do we? <laughs> um, <laughs> we we'll be doing Skyfall very soon, and. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit of it in there. <laughs> when you're depressed on a, a lovely beachside hut in paradise, not having anything to do but bed a lovely woman, oh, just so depressing. You just just need a Heineken. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, yes, yeah, so anyway. We we have the biggest product placement ever in any film that I've ever seen. Uh, so the Call Me Buona poster. But because it's a great film, we don't mind it. It's quite again g- good direction here. I'd say how the we, we get the view of him through the infrared lens, mm. and I love as well how he, it's not attached to the rifle at that point. It's like how you would do it in real life, isn't it? You just attack, disattach it, and then oh, I absolutely it's so nice that it's absolutely stunning. And obviously beforehand. We had yet another one of Kerim's sons allowing them actually to uh, <laughs> spy on him and <laughs> yes. and shoot Krilenko from there. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a brilliant scene. I love it. Great. Try this for size. <laughs> he says. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, as we said, it was Kerim Bay wants to be the one who shoots him himself. So he makes sure he does it. The, the score then is superb. Like how he mm. gets tense, doesn't it? Um, and then the 
Well done. Nailed it. The, the the limits of this just being on on the radio, so to speak, are I'd love to do an impression of Krilenko's fall. Uh, the way he arches his back is is pure yeah. theatre. It is. I don't. I can't imagine a film these days sort of a death being so. Like, you know, yeah, like you say, how he arches his back and the real strain, and, and the sound effects that you've provided as well. Uh, it does seem quite an old fashioned way to yeah. to die. No time to die. Do you think well, it would yeah. it would get uh, it would get laughs if it was in a scene these days? <laughs> yeah. It's a bit like football celebrations from that time. You know, we're all the same. You know, straight back and a a fist in the air. Yes. You wouldn't see it. It'd look unusual if you did it these days. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> people were a bit physically different then, weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The haircut as well is is gorgeous. It stays intact even oh, though he's, yeah. he's upside down. <laughs> Another, you know, people say, we've said, I don't know whether we've said this before, but Goldfinger was, oh, that's the one where they put the, the odd bit of humour in. But there's a few little lines in this one. I don't know whether you can remember what um, Bond says after the body is peering out mm. of Peter Eckberg's mouth. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. You can do it. Uh, well, go on. No, no, you go for it, Harry. I can't do it. I'm not. I'd never promised an impression. I was just going to try and say what the line was. But it's, it's the thing about keeping your mouth shut, isn't it? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Basically, Should have kept the next, mouth shut. The next yes. five minutes are uh, Sean Connery making innuendos about mouths, basically. Yeah. <laughs> 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 of course, yes. Exactly right. Oh, yeah. Um, because we we then we, that's been neatly tidied up. So he's, he's killed Kulenko. We then do more of the spy work because uh, Bond is in his hotel and he's about to meet Tatiana. So we haven't even got to that point yet. <laughs> this is the in-depth review. Um, <laughs> I think, John, you one of your quiz questions was what did Bond order for his breakfast now? Yeah. Other than green figs, which was there, can you remember, guys, the other things he can't do? Yogurt. Um, yogurt. <laughs> Very black. Yes. Very, Very black. black. I don't know whether that means anything or people who had very black coffee then were were oh wow, he's intense, I don't know. Well <laughs> when I when I watched it again last night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I watched it again last night, I saw I noticed the clock and the time and it was uh it was twenty past one. So maybe it's just a reference to the fact that it's so so late. I don't know. No, that's quite interesting. Yeah. And considering what happens in the next scene, it's only going to get later before he wakes up, isn't it? Oh. So. Yeah, you're right, though, actually, because he's implying that he's been awake all night because he's, that's when they were out, wasn't it, and killing Kalenka. Presuming so. So he's, he's obviously not had any sleep, and he won't be getting any this night either. <laughs> Ooh. Sorry. What do we think about the, the gorgeous hairy chest of Sean Connery? Which makes yeah, um, I was going to say, we're not going to talk about the snooping around your hotel room, gun out with the towel. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I find it, I find it, I, when I walk around with a towel around my waist, I'm pretty tense anyway that it could drop off at any minute. <laughs> As in, you know, have, have I fastened it tight enough? Is it just going to fall at any moment? The confidence of Connery as Bond is just within this scene. He is confident enough to... <laughs> snoop and possibly come across someone that he might have to physically fight <laughs> with his towel that happened. You know, real yeah. danger of exposure. Um, but, you know, 
that's the man that he is. It's genius, isn't it? Yeah. The baby blue towel, but I'm obsessed. And it's just me, this, but with the uh, the tap water from the bath. So when the <laughs> when the bath gets hot, it's that really old school like spray, like jacuzzi spray that fills up. Oh, and I'm yeah. just watching it going so like, I just want that in moment. my bathroom. That is incredible. <laughs> Oh, we need to some talcum powder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Long before power showers. Real power. <laughs> mm. That's why you had to go to the best hotels, wasn't it? I presume, because the, the bath. It's only in the bridal suite, Tom. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Did he intend to go there? Did not. Anyway, we've done that. Yeah, so we then, of course, we, we're introduced to, well, Bond's introduced to Tatiana, and it's, I can't believe, I didn't, I've not seen this for years. I was astonished. <laughs> I don't know whether it made. Did it make the sort of pre-watershed cuts of it? I don't know. It won't do now it's in HD, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what, you mean you didn't pause it? Uh, no. no um, <laughs> but it is it's actual it's proper nudity. You of, uh, I don't know whether it is actually Daniela Bianchi, but uh, it's certainly pretty, pretty risque for a PG. I think the the certifications were a bit different then, weren't they? So a PG was almost like a twelve now, perhaps. Even still, quite raunchy for Bond, anyway. But yeah, so Bond Bond sees that, and uh, obviously she's getting in position to seduce him. And of course, now we come to the scene, which is the famous screen test that keeps on going. And we mentioned it was used in the Octopussy episode before Roger had come back. When James Brulin, I must have said that name about a hundred times in this podcast so far, anyway. And um, Maud Adams, of course, got the part just by being a stand-in for him. And in fact, do, uh, Bianchi herself, her audition was using this scene, so it come it came full circle effectively. And do you know who was the who played Bond for the for the audition? It was Sean Connery. No, no. Otherwise, there'd be no point. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a guy who, who's been in. He's been in both films so far. Doctor. Oh yes. Which we love. There's two different characters. Dawson. Dent. Yeah. Yeah. Dent. Yeah. You didn't have to say Colonel. Correct. Yeah. So there. Good little. Good little facts. He must be like a yeah, really so the, close friend. Yes, I think he was very good friends with Terence Young. I think he was. Right. Or, okay. And or. Could be, perhaps. It's been a theme through the whole series, hasn't it? That it's almost a family, like we say. And actors come and go, they've come back. We went all the way up to, of course, Joe Don Baker. He was in two films out of three as two different characters. Maud Adams, of course, we've discussed. Anyway, so by the time uh, Bond has finally met Tatiana, it's quite a, an extremely famous outfit from her as well, with the, the, the choker, isn't it? <laughs> 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 is it? I don't. Is that famous? I don't know. Well, uh, maybe that's just, it's famous in my mind. I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. I had a mate in in secondary school who, when we talked about Bond girls, he just called her "Oh, the girl with the dog collar," and that's what she was just known as, the girl with the dog <laughs> collar. I think that that sums it up, doesn't it? Really, it does. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, as I was watching this yeah. scene yesterday. The way that Sean delivers his lines, it's very oh. scripted how he says it. It's like deliberately scripted, isn't it? Like, you're one of the most beautiful girls I've ever seen. It's like he's yeah, deliberately yeah. rehearsing it to be bad. Oh, and and then she's playing back at it a bit. I think it I think you know the the, 
they're both trying to outdo each other. They both know that this is a trap and they're both trying to, they think they're being really clever. And then you've got Spectre behind the mirror, just like a puppet master. Basically, they must be going, how stupid are these two? The, The world of espionage on this film is probably the strongest in any James Bond film. And this is another perfect example of why. Absolutely. And the whole porn, um, P-A-W-N, symbolism comes in. Because, of course, yeah, like you say, the Spectre are are watching in and in on it, but neither of them know properly what's going on. I I, I agree. And it must have been quite hard to act, wasn't it? Because you're you're acting it as your characters, but characters who are deliberately saying things, knowing that the other one is thinking they're not real and... There's an awful lot going on. I, I, I like the line, um, is it when Bond's saying his name, mine yeah. could be James Bond. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. funny. That. <laughs> it's really funny, yeah. My friends call me Tatiana. Mine yeah. call me James Bond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, mate. Right. <laughs> very romantic. It's very, uh, yeah. like, you say that, that transactional kind of, that they know. Yeah, it's like let's just get it out of the way. They know, you know, like they're just they are playing those parts, and they know exactly. It's all going through the motions and kind of because he does. He just he basically. I don't know that Bond is is you know always doing this, but he's, he's only just met her. He's seen her on a photo. She's now in his bed. He, he just says, like you say, says a few things, and they start snogging, and then suddenly the well. You know, shagging on camera, you know, what I mean? <laughs> suddenly, yeah. and the whole the whole scene you has a kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not just it's quite risque like you say from her introduction yeah. her slinking and there's like you say you see you see a lot you know even you know in hd or, or not it's still you know you see her figure and stuff and just the whole thing is just you know and, and the fact that they're recording them you know during the love making and it's just it's just has a sort of yeah and just like rose clubs there just i don't know i don't know I think she's just looking at the woman, isn't Smoking. she, basically? And then you've yeah, got this. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's it really kind of slightly, you know, it's quite perverse. It, it, you know, it kind of, it's very much ties into her character being, she is lecherous, you know, and it kind of works, you know, it makes it even more disturbing. And I, and, and I think, like, more sleaze is added by these very double entendre kind of uh, innuendos that go on. I mean, when she goes, I think my mouth's too big. And um, he goes, it's just the right size for me. And he just leaves that second to make you think, is he actually going on about what I think he's going on about? Before he goes in for yeah, a hit, right. so it, you know, you know what I mean. It's like there is that definite that thing that you think, "Hang on, what's he on about?" Are you? And then he goes in for the kiss, and it's like, "No, I'll just draw that back, and I'll just." Leave I always it thought he meant there. just the kiss, John. That's uh, I never thought any more than that. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm, only joking, I'm only joking. Joking, <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. <laughs> 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 Drop right in it. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, yeah, yeah, I agree. It's a very sleazy film. But sleazy in a classy way. I don't. I can't really describe yeah, it. I, I think it's. I think like what Tatiana's doing yeah, yeah, here yeah. is, you know, like putting her bod- body on. Yeah, and it's you know, it's quite. In many ways, it's quite sad, and you know, not not good. And you might look, and you know, there might be some people who look down on her for doing this. And but then it's quite interesting how, like, the first time I think it's the first time we see her when she's look uh, attending her meeting with Cleb, and she's like. 
I think she stumbles. She's like love fi- trying to find a way, and she stops a stranger just to ask the way. And she just in that in her first yeah, shot, yeah. she seems really sort of innocent. And um, you know, you're on her side, and she's friendly. She's approached. Do you know what I mean? She's a, a nice character. And then <clears throat> one of the next times you see her, she's doing this. And I think it's really important that they had that first shot of her being really pleasant and friendly and ordinary rather than going in, you know, straight to this, which obviously wouldn't have happened, but um, because it's, yeah, the act of what she has to do and what her and Bond do is, yeah, not great. Yeah, and I think that that, that in, you know, that later on when they weren't necessarily based on Fleming's work, that the the characters, the female characters would do these things, but there there is nothing for them, there's no reason for them to suddenly get into bed with Bond, but in this... If she doesn't go ahead with this, she's potentially, you know, could could be killed. You know, there's much more at risk. So there's a reason why she's she's having to do this. It's not that she just fancies him, and obviously she does find him attractive. Um, and it, again, it is that kind of it's transaction. It's a bit, it's a bit cold, and like they're a bit like you mentioned about the delivery. It's a bit kind of passionless and a bit robotic. Kind of let's just you know <laughs> go through the motions and 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 it, it's just it just ha- sort of happens and then the kind of you know it's just it's just it's done and it's like she she sort of pr- proves you know trying to double check that it's bond by checking the scar on his back and things you know it, for her it is oh, yeah. very much like right yeah he's the, he's definitely the bloke you know let's get on with it um this is what i'm here to do you know um so yeah, I, and I think that, like I say, when I watched it, you kind of young, you just kind of you kind of roll your eyes and think, oh, it's another woman who's getting into bed with Bond straight away. But in this, it actually means something. You know, yeah. there's much more to it. Yeah, she she's very really? unique, isn't she? <laughs> she like if you think if you think of all the different kind of Bond girls you get, you get your usual damsel in distresses, you get your kept women, you get. Very recently, basically, everyone has to be Bond's equal. But this is a woman who, like Bond, is a pawn in an operation and is completely, she's been thrown into this, not at her own will, as Bond does. And they're both like, they're like the blind leading the blind. And um, I think what you observed, Harry, about how she does come across very innocent at the start, I think it really adds realism to this character. You could quite easily, you know, in this could quite easily happen. In in you know, you've been asked by your government to do a mission on behalf of your country, and you think you are being patriotic when actually you are being caught up in the middle of um, a complete disgrace and scandal. It's another reason why this this film cannot be seen as a standard James Bond film. This is a thriller. This is a thriller in a James Bond guise. And it's a very mature theme. And you can see why still today it's held up as a great piece of cinema because the script is sensational. Preach. Perhaps doesn't get enough... uh attention the script actually we did go through and all the sort of different rewrites and almost peter hunt and terence young were as big a process with making the script work weren't they with the the editing and how it's done that the chat up lines as you say even as perfunctory as sort of bond is performing these lines i believe that he could still pretty much bed any woman uh based on that performance of of line reading (laughs) 
Well, even though I knew his bar wasn't in it, I was I was there. If I if I went to the bar and and, and performed lines like that, they'd be like, "Oh, get get lost, mate!" You know, they're <laughs> almost like classic, you know, chat up lines, aren't they? You know that nowadays you'd be like, "Oh, yeah, that's cheesy, isn't it?" But the, even though he's he's doing them as a ruse almost, and she knows that it isn't real. There is still a free song there. There is still this attraction that's definitely there because they need that for later to, so you can believe the relationship. I do, it's, got, it's difficult to tell <clears> when <throat> they do – It is, yeah. No, just the, this is what acting, you know, is, is a bit more difficult than you think. It's not, it isn't just line reading and, you know, we go on about the show, don't tell. But especially when she's dubbed as well. <laughs> but um, yeah. it, it is difficult to know when – she does actually start falling for him because you don't know whether it is this uh, this soon. We don't know. And having kind of you know watched well, this, uh, you know it'd been a, a considerable break in between kind of viewing this, that revisiting it and kind of looking at um, like you say the, the motivation of the characters and like later on just to skip ahead of like a scene when they're on the boat, she's all over him, but. Mm. Is that is that genuine, or again is she just playing up, knowing you know? It's, it, obviously, she, he's recording it, and it ends up, you know, that she's just, or she's just suddenly because they've made love, she's absolutely, you know, so sort of bespotted, you know, bespotted with him, and um, it's just, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's kind of watching it again through sort of fresh eyes. It made me sort of question some of the things that I just sort of took on face value, and I thought, well, actually, maybe she isn't as you know, kind of mm. uh, in love with him as, as he thinks. And it is, again, part of this game. But they still have this connection because they're both kind of thrown in this together. Maybe that's the kind of the, the, where the relationship is based, not necessarily on a, on a mm. physical attraction. Um, but, yeah, yeah, let's say repeat viewings. That's what, there's the great thing about these films. There's always, particularly the early ones, there's so much more to them than the sort of the you know, face value. Absolutely. I do also like in the scene how when, of course, the camera cuts to... The behind, you know, the sort of the glass wall where Cleb is having the perv, the Spectre theme tune comes in. I don't know whether we mentioned it already, but it, it's quite, it's quite a, I don't know, I don't know how original it was then, but to have a, an actual theme tune for for your baddies, and I think it's used again, isn't it, in Thunderball? I'm assuming it is, but again, John Barry's absolutely outstanding, and they should have. Well, arguably, they should have used it for the actual film Spectre. Right. Um, sorry to mention that. <laughs> anyway. So we get to another classic scene. Uh, the the mosque. Is, the, is it the... which Is it the main mosque in Istanbul? I don't know whether anyone's ever been there. I, I haven't. It's it's the Hagia Sophia, or as they yeah. pronounce it, Sophia. That is the so main fire. mosque. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you've not been there, John? I haven't, no. Mm-hmm. Um no, I mean a bit of a bit of a tangent, but obviously my daughter's my, my daughter's called Sophia. And that that means grace in Greek. No, it doesn't, it means wisdom in Greek, I <laughs> Get in <laughs> that, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um it was actually from the Hagia Sophia that I learned that it was that that's what it meant, wisdom. Oh so gorgeous. Yeah. I would love to go on it. I've been to Turkey, but I've never been to Istanbul. But I think that the shots that you get 
of Istanbul. You've got to remember at that time, Istanbul was not particularly um, a tourist destination, no, not especially so, no. for, like, for Western, Western culture. And the cinematography and the shots of the mosque, of the phosphorus, of everything that's going on, it's sensational. I mean, it's basically wish you were here, isn't it? It's just yeah. be- it's beautiful. But not in a touristy way, in a sort of, this is authentic. It's oh, cool. yeah. The, the sound design as well is incredible in the mosque. Yes. The, the echoes uh, and everything. Bond himself is wearing the most gorgeous sunglasses. I don't know whether you've picked yeah. up on that. The man looks cool. He does. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, yeah, so and this- nice that, that uh, Grant's always ahead of him. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewellery of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweller since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that's another thing that I'm not so sure when they filmed it, they might not have filmed it in the right order, and it it became that Bond was originally going to kill him. I think uh, this this chap, the conspicuous guy, <laughs> the guy with the the bear, <laughs> is he still got the beret on? But yeah, the ridiculous mustache, <laughs> huge glasses, and everything. Yeah, um, yeah, he he uh, obviously was killed by Grant in the end, but I think Bond was meant to kill him in the original script. Yeah. But because, like I say, Grant came into the action earlier than intended, he came to Istanbul, they thought, right, like you say, one step ahead. And it just sort of puts Bond out of his step, doesn't it, a bit? Like, he doesn't quite know where he is. He's a pawn in the system. He has got. He must have a lot going on in his mind at this moment because he's, he's having to deal with Tatiana and uh, doing his, his own mission. He's then got this guy who he needs to kill, but then somebody else is killing for him, and it's just... The whole time, Bond is almost a step behind everybody else, which is unusual for a Bond film. Because he is in the dark with the, with the audience, that it, it makes it much more compelling. Is that you're with him, and only things are being re- revealed as as it as it is with to him. And I think it makes it much more engaging and much more kind of um, well, like I say, much more of a thriller than it is. Kind of he just walks in and knows everything and sees everything, and, and he's the one who's always one step ahead of everyone else. And I think mm. that's where that what makes this really stand out is that again we keep going back to it. It's 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 it's, it's such a great thriller and so well constructed, and, and and is absolutely based in that that you believe that that Bond is you know he's he's a bit you know there are some scenes where he's a bit lost and he's a bit kind of you know um you know a little bit worried i think uh, despite the obvious comparison with jaws because of shaw but there's part of it that's like each victim that grant picks off you don't see much of the tussle 
and you know even at the train station later you don't see it at all it just goes into the toilet no. and out and he's picking men off one by one and getting himself closer to to bond and i think it's so brilliantly done in that respect because there's this fear building and rising and getting closer and closer to bond and we're seeing little bits not that much but enough to know that this guy is a threat and like Chris has just said, Bond, we don't, you know, he's getting more and more alienated by it, particularly when it gets to the train. You know, it's just one on one by the end. But it's, an, you know, a great way of putting Bond on the back foot and Grant ahead of him. So, so well done. It's a trait of um, Terence Young throughout all three of his films that basically it's detective work. But he's very much into detective work, and uh, and Bond is behind him pretty much all three of uh, Doctor No, Rush with Love, and Thunderball. Obviously, Doctor No, we don't know what the pl- we don't know what the final plot is. He's investigating a murder, and it's led from there. Thunderball, whilst we know uh, what's happening, Bond doesn't, and he's got to investigate. But this one does it perfectly and it's because it intertwines from the different perspectives it's not like you're just rooting for the next bit it's not like a murder mystery you're seeing this from the perspectives of specter so you see where they're going but then you see this these like curveballs like let's see where the bulgarians are looking at this and it and then skipping forward a bit but you've got bends from the turkish or the russian consulate the turkish prospect and all the Benz with his horrendous suit, but basically, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but it's just brilliantly done. And how I've never thought of it how you said, Harry, about how Grant picks him off one by one, but you're spot on. It's just superbly also, done. Even if you're watching it from not, you know, a sort of passing viewer, all you're thinking now is, hang on, we've, we want Bond to do his thing. This guy's doing his thing in the background. I can't wait for these two to meet, and they are going to meet, aren't they? And that is obviously yeah. where the and not forgetting that Grant to... kept Bond alive. Say, so, you know, he's he really is in the driving seat. He really is. So well done, isn't it? One thing of this scene I, again, I didn't know this, but the the music, whilst I think they're sort of pacing each other out in the mosque, is used in another Bond film, and I never, I've only just realised this. And it isn't a John Barry film either. It, it was used. Is it like a, some live music that's going on in the mosque? I can't quite remember. No, no, no. It's, it's the John Barry. It's the John Barry tense music. It's used in another Bond film later on. Cool. You got me there, Tom. Where the strings, the strings build up like. It's it's used in uh, the Spy Love Me. When they're going around the. You know, not the pyramids themselves. You know, where the bit where Jaws meets up with. Them oh, and the oh, yeah. wandering around. Yeah, the ruins. Yeah, and just before uh, Bond and Anya bump into each other, and the Bond tune gloriously comes in. That sort of tense string build-up, I think, is the same music used in this scene. So there you go. Super. Wow. So then we get onto the ferry, which is a bit more touristy, and Tatiana gives uh, the information onto the lector. So we actually see see the thing in action, and we mentioned John in the uh, the episode where we focused on M. We uh, we get <laughs> we get a little insight into uh, <laughs> Miles Messavy's uh, lads on tour <laughs> trip with player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I think he one, once when I was with him in Tokyo, I had an interesting experience. Oh, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Miss Money. Pet. I think the whole scene is pure comedy. Well, from my point of view, anyway. Really? Oh, it is. Yeah, well yeah. The way yeah. the way they're all huddled around in his <laughs> office is funny. Too. Yeah, yeah. And, and just like the dialogue that's going on anyway between Bond and Tatiana, yeah, it's like um, she's you know goes off on a tangent like, "Oh, James, will you make love to me all the time in England?" Like him, yeah. he's yeah. day and night, and then carries on talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's so annoyed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and everyone listening in is almost pretending that oh, of course this is just uh, them playing the game and it's not real and everything yeah. and. There's no need for you to get excited, Bob. Be a, a voyeur on this uh, this lovely chat. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, all the way through, he is being dismissive, like, keep it simple, keep it yeah. simple, day and night. Like and Bay then is, he goes on about, yeah, you know, he's woman. really snappy. No, focus on it. What about those Western girls? I feel the need to tell this story. Ah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not stopping this, Bob. We need and to drop the act for a moment. Yeah. 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 And it shows how Money Penny's really interested in Bond, sort of the bits she doesn't see about his personal life. She gets dead interested. And knowing is, is Bond dropping in the uh, the anecdote about Tokyo just simply for because he knows that M will be actually the... Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, could be. <laughs> Good lad. <laughs> it's incredibly awkward, isn't it? They're all kind of like, look, <clears throat> like... <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no wonder people? why... There's no wonder why M turned up on that submarine and you only live twice when he's so near to Tokyo. I mean, he was most certainly oh, getting yeah, himself yeah. down there. You know, he's just he's just smelling a dirty weekend in Tokyo, isn't he? Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brits abroad, yeah. Lads he, on tour, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bond then helping again with the mission to steal the lector, so he's got to. Well, basically, storm, don't they? The the embassy, isn't it? Mm. Is it the embassy? Yeah. And Bond wears this gas gas mask, which is pretty gorgeous. Tatiana's involved, so fair play to her. She has to, you know, put herself at danger. Is this when there's that the gorgeous sort of uh, sight gag about the the clock? Is that when the the bomb goes off? Yeah, which is quite nice. So we just get a bit of a bit of action, don't we? Uh, in and among, we've just had a few. Lovey dovey and tense scenes, but now we get a proper proper action scene, and we then have a few rats, which are which are not very nice. If you're enjoying Really Double Seven, why not follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram? Lock us up at Really Double Seven Pod. Yeah, it gets a bit um, Indiana Jones here, doesn't it, with the rats? I can't remember. Is is Bond scared of them? I don't think so. Is he? I'm not sure. I'm not sure anyone is, are they? Maybe not. Because uh, um, of Sean Connery, you know, the link with Indiana Jones. And... <laughs> yeah. I might be wrong. I don't know. I think. But yeah, as a Tatiana, child, it all blurs into one. Yeah. I think Tatiana might be scared. Oh, really? She certainly like doesn't give Stacy levels of screams. But <laughs> she might. <laughs> James, don't leave me! James! <laughs> we can't all be strong women, John. Just give us a chance. If you're listening, <laughs> Tanya, we love you. Yeah. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so 
I think there's a bit of the 007 theme again, which is which is nice. That's uh, thread yeah. through here. And again, we get we go under under the ground in the city, secret passage into the market. So, a lovely whistle stop tour, a sort of secret way, isn't it, to get onto the train because they need to get this train now. And of course, because it's Bond, it's the most glorious Orient Express. And this is the the myth, isn't it? Or I think we mentioned it before whether Ian Fleming was on board. But I think it's at, on, at this stage, isn't it, when they're departing? I. Yeah, is it like at the station? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, somewhere at the station. It's going by. Yeah. yeah. I heard um, a lovely bit of trivia again. I think it might have been on the the making of documentary that was on the the 2001 DVDs. But the crowds are obviously so out of control watching um, that in order to get shots of Bond and Tatiana, they. I can't remember. Was it they, they pretended there was something? I don't know. Did they, did they fire off they, they gun got, or something? Got, oh no! Uh, well, I read one story. I don't know if it's the same place, but yeah, crowds were always gathering every time they shot. So, um, I think the um, young got one, the stuntman to go somewhere else and like hang upside down yes. from some height. Yeah, that was. Yeah, and they all, yeah. they all like flocked to go and see that so that they could carry on the film. Yeah. It can be that these spies are trying to get out of Istanbul and the whole world's watching them and knows where they are exactly. Because <laughs> obviously when it, w- it it wasn't as bad in Octopussy because in those days, if you know, a Westerner came onto the streets, everyone would be flocking around, wouldn't they, like like they do in the film. Um, yeah. But I do like that, sorry, compared to Doctor No, like the you know, the film that's come before it, there are so many more crowd shots in this. They are really a lot more amongst the public, and I think that you know, re- obviously there's like the increased budget and everything, but that just raises the profile of everything a bit more. And the event of the film, it's it's a, it's mu- affecting the people around it much more. This mission, uh, more than Doctor No, which is a much smaller scale. And they, of course, we get the the lovely aliases, don't we, given to them, which uh, I think John mentioned in the in the quiz, Mister and Mrs. David Somerset. Is that sexist these days? Can you you not meant to say that? Give the couple's name by the man's first name. I'm being provocative. You write it on here. letters though, don't you? Yeah, but I don't think it's oh, still right, yeah. te- is it still technical. I don't know. Can you remember where they're on a business <laughs> trip back from? Is it Derbyshire? Oh, it is Derbyshire. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it is. Wow. <laughs> I, I that. That was like Derbyshire. We've had we've had Leeds <laughs> mentioned in Octopussy. Now we've got Derbyshire. Now, what? I can't remember these references growing up. It's brilliant, isn't it? Do you, <laughs> Station D. Do you sort of picture it? <laughs> do you picture it lovely sort of Malvern Hills, or do you, do you picture more like Glossop? Or no hills, I think when you it's say in that. the hills, yeah, Buxton Water, Buxton, yeah, <laughs> oh, the Heights of Abraham. <laughs> Just listing places in uh, in Derbyshire for anyone who who doesn't live in that area. Pete Pratis, Pete Pratis, yeah, it's yeah. Heights of Abraham used in um, it's Heights of Abraham used in Moonraker for the uh, cable car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> stood in for Rio, yeah. <laughs> the glorious backdrops, yeah. <laughs> oh dear me! Can you remember? Of course, Karen Bay's with them at this stage. Can you remember what he's, he seems to be absolutely obsessed with to start with? Um, he says the same word charming. again. Yeah, charming. Charming. yeah. It's, it's a dress, isn't it? Yeah, he's obsessed. <laughs> 
Was it all Adlib? I mean, who knows? He then has this conversation with James. He says, we need to have a chat outside. And he walks outside and he can't resist again. He looks again, charming. <laughs> like, yeah, just yeah. in case you didn't floor. know. <laughs> yeah. we, we then get a bit of Walther action, which is quite a nice shot of the Walther, which is uh, used to coerce Commissar Benz. The Ed Ed Norton lookalike, possibly. I, I wrote that on my notes, but I can't quite remember it now. So maybe, he doesn't look like um, so maybe he doesn't look anything like him. Um, we'll get it on Twitter social poll. media. See yeah, what the response yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. Zero likes. Yeah. Thumbs down if he could do that. Yeah. Removed. Removed. Remove, yeah. <laughs> Your tweet has been uh, marked as offensive. <laughs> yeah there's there's then a bit of poor spy work from bond because grant's just outside his room isn't he he's got gloves on i mean it's pretty obvious <laughs> i mean this has been an element throughout the film though on it because he was like you know he was there in the hagia sophia as well and it, it, grant's just been until until when spoiler alert grant dies later on what? grant is far superior in this film than Bond all the way throughout. Which makes me think that, that, that so at the beginning of the, this is this is my theory so at the beginning where Bond arrives in Istanbul he meets one of Krim Bey's, the driver and that the code word is um, can I borrow a match and he says no, I prefer a lighter. So when Grant is obviously playing you know his contact when he meets him on the platform you can't hear what he's saying Doesn't you can't hear the answer yeah because of the sound of the train. So are we meant to believe that possibly Grant gets the the answer wrong, and that's Bond's first indication that he thinks that this is, uh, he's going to be trouble, you know, along yeah, with the other yeah, stuff, obviously, with the red wine and things. And note, again, I'd noticed that, 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 that it was a deliberate choice to, 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 to you lose the sound because of all the, 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 like say, the train and the whistles and the whole bulb. When if it wasn't, you could have just easily played it out and repeat the lines. It's a it's a playback to to, to the earlier scene. Mm-hmm. And again, I just thought that was quite an interesting. And is it, is he already is Bond actually onto him before the audience realise he's mm. onto it? I love that. Yeah, that's amazing. I think anyway, it's difficult to know when Bond is onto him. It's, it's there's no you know. Yeah, a bit frosty. Yes, yeah. they are. He seems to make a thing of like you work out and all that and it's mm. like he's he's sizing him up isn't he he's not he's is slightly is insecure certain, or some, i don't know because of bond's reputation there's some theory that the old the re- reference to old he sort of keeps switching between calling me old man and sir and there's some suggestion that at the time audiences would have known immediately that his grant's messing up there because you know old man was reserved for something and sir was rever- reserved for something else and that Wow, I've, I've 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 read that somewhere where that would have stuck out to audiences that he, he yeah. was blowing his cover a little bit there, Grant, and getting it wrong. This whole train scene, though, is some of the strongest stuff in the whole of Bond for me personally. Um, there's been a build-up of tension throughout this, and and the minute you get on the train, you have this feeling of worry that something's going to happen and you don't entirely know what and it completely builds and i think it's i think it is lifted a bit from north by northwest but the bit where you see the map of where it's going to and there's a gorgeous score going on in the background (laughs) yeah and you just know that whilst this is showing that he's making progress on the train 
it's also showing that Bond's getting nearer and nearer to danger. It's just brilliantly yeah. directed that bit. Yeah, I, th- I think it kind of verges a little bit on sort of horror at times. Like, I think even the setting of a steam train can be quite scary, yeah. but then mm. the way it's all cut with the sound as well, when there's uncertainty, there's, you know, slamming doors, windows slamming shut, and not like jump scares, but <laughs> things that just make you feel uncomfortable all the way building up. You know, all the, the three knocks on the door, Yeah, even when you open it, you're not sure who's going to be the other side. And like you said, yeah. John, it's, it's closing in and in, and it gets quite uncomfortable. Oh, it's brilliant. You've gone from a place where, although Istanbul is huge and everything, the only ways out of situations that Bond's been in, he's had to have secret passages, he's had to have help. But there was always that option where he could get out of danger. Now, on the train, he's had it, hasn't mm-hmm. he? He's got. He's, yeah. he's going to have to go face-to-face with Grants at some point. I mean, it must have been... Sh- We'll get onto it, of course, but it must have been shocking that you think Bond, you assume, is going to get out of it, but what about Tatiana? What about Karen Bay? Probably one of them's not going to make it. Uh, chances are. Um, well, Ben's doesn't, as we know. It goes neatly onto that. Before that, actually, another famous thing, I remember growing up, it was, I found it quite funny, Tatiana making the moustache out of her hair. That's quite, quite <laughs> funny. Yeah. 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 And Bond gives her back the choke, doesn't he? He has a choke. Yeah. Her, mm. And he smacks her ass as well, so uh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and reads the about, They're about like huge moments of humour. Like they say that, 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 that it was always like Goldfinger, it was always seen as that one. But Ding. Uh, uh, one of some of the, 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 the humour, and the, well, I suppose the, the really dry humour, like particularly in, in the Russian consulate where Bond asked the guy, is the clock correct? Always. And then obviously you know, the bongo. <laughs> yeah. But when um, Kareem has got uh, Ben's tidy up and he sits him down and he's all like, I've oh, had a yeah. really fascinating life. He's got this guy cornered and he's just going to bore the pants off him for the next, like with all the, or maybe not, just he's got a cap, literally a captive audience with this guy tied up. <laughs> Always oh, really made me laugh. That he's got brilliant. A <laughs> <laughs> he, oh, I want to know how many sons he actually has. I really oh, do. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's very much like. Do you remember that Sunday school song? Father Abraham had many sons. I <laughs> 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 Abraham. Yeah, Karen <laughs> <laughs> Bay had many sons. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet there are loads of women like hold my holiday with Bay, but you know, B A B A E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. But yeah, sadly for Ben's, he he was only he's just been bored the pants off by Karen Bay, uh, but then he's been killed, and so is so is Karen Bay, which is very sad. We don't see the death, do we? Of, of Karen Bay. No. I mean, this might have just been me being ignorant before, but watching it again yesterday, I never realised that he had a knife in his back. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think I'd never realised it. You subtly, don't you, as he, as he turns the yes. body. And maybe again on our old poor, poor quality video recordings, we didn't quite see it or something, but yeah, it's blatantly there. Yeah. Yeah, it was a knife straight yeah. in his back, and I just never realised it yeah. before. Games. It's very sad. It really, is really, really sad. But surely that 
I don't know. That must have brought some suspicion to Bond in the first place, because they'd got rid of, they'd, they'd, they'd sorted his jacket out, they'd taken away his gun, so they obviously would have checked Ben's full stop. So where's this knife come from? Um, because the idea that they're trying to get is that they killed each other. Bond must just be thinking, hang on a minute, but where's that come from? Because we checked him and there's no knife on him then. Um, well, I think like so many things on this train journey now, so many things are like disorientating Bond. He's really losing sense of who's mm. who, what's going on, the mission and everything. It's all up in the air. I think he's, yeah, he's losing a handle on it, really. And I think, again, we, it's very difficult to tell when he's getting suspicious and when he's sure, when he's confident of what's going on. It's, it's, yeah, it's, this train journey causes problems for Bond, I think, quite a lot. The nice touch sort of just makes it sadder, doesn't it? He Bond keeps his cigar, doesn't he? He keeps that yellow cigar. I, I, I hadn't, I'd only, yeah, I'd only just picked up on it before. And then, bless him, gives it to his son, doesn't he, later on, which sort of confirms that he's died and... To have to have but not in, the, not in the most tactile. No, no, maybe not. Oh. Well, I have some bad news. Your father's dead. Yeah, really. I know we keep saying sons, but is it? It's implied earlier on that he sort of calls anyone who works for him his son, doesn't he? Yeah. But, I mean, some of them probably are, judging by his behaviour. <laughs> no, yeah, no, they all make look a little yeah, bit like him. Yeah. Lovely, happy. Child. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why Tatiana puts a moustache over. And maybe the spy with a beret is another. Son, yeah. Who knows? They've all got moustaches. Charming, charming. <laughs> another bay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, charming. Oh dear. We then um, get more. It's a confusing sort of quick little scene. I think where there's. A, well, no. In fact, no. He, he he's sort of thinking. Have you had anything to do with this? Doesn't he then? And he's sort of questioning, questioning the, you know, James, you're hurting me. Gives her a nice slap again. Quite right. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sean slap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I love you, James. And it's all a bit confusing, isn't it? But I think she is genuinely confused at this stage and because she doesn't quite know what's going on either. And he assumes she does know what's going on. Mentioning about the, the you were saying before about the, 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 the train and how it's such a great device. Because you are, they're escaping danger, but danger is actually getting closer because you are physically trapped in a small space that's moving pretty quickly. And there's only this sort of relief whenever they're at a station and everyone sort of gets off and there's like, everyone has a breather. And that's obviously where the, you know, later on, um, Nash and and Grant have the little thing. And and then this is the, so the the pace never really lets up because you've got this, then obviously the, the story is continually driving forward. And, um, but I didn't really know, again, I didn't really notice just how, how well it suits the, 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 the like you say, the, 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 the noise, the, the kind of building of attention mm. through the device of a train as, you know, as yeah, even thing, when as well as this narrative. Dialogue, a bit of dialogue will suddenly come to an abrupt, like, <laughs> you know, the, yeah, the, yeah. the noise of a train. It's like, oh, you know, cannot relax at all. Well, there's nothing worse no. than thinking you might miss your train. Is that goodness me? That's an awful feeling. <laughs> a, I think that lovely... really encapsulated that. It does. <laughs> Sunday, bloody Sunday, really encapsulated <laughs> the frustration <laughs> of a Sunday. <laughs> um, we we get a, a lovely shot of when Bond um, 
he's actually he's just gone off the train because he's changing, isn't he? At Belgrade, I think. And then the train goes on to Zagreb. And you see him walking alongside the cabin, and then you see a lovely oh. shot of Grant behind him. And again, the symbolism and the tension, the threat, you know he's waiting for him. And that's just before, of course, he he has that calling card with Bay's son and he gives him the cigar. A good signal that a film's doing it well yeah. is when it doesn't have to tell you what it's doing. Show, don't tell. And I, I, Exactly. And, and, and if I go back to what I said previously about Spectre, it's continually telling you yeah. about surveillance. We're all about nine eyes. We're all about surveillance, all this. And actually, this just does it with a man walking yeah. on a train. And it does it far more effectively. It's phenomenal. That said, the train bit in Spectre is the best, one of the best bits. <laughs> I know you're not comparing train bits. Maybe the fight. There's it's a good, such a cool Oh, the fight, sorry. Only it, the fight. It? Only the fight. What a it's, coffee. It's a I mean, if you have this romantic it's a meal. blatant coffee. <laughs> exactly the same thing. It really, it's even yeah. a copy of that's the, the, best bit. the scene in Casino Real almost. That, that, is that on a train? I can't remember the, the first time they go on about his arse and all that. Oh, you're, per- you're yeah. well-formed. Yeah. <laughs> but the problem, with, the problem with the Spectre scene is that any tension that's been done out is then just completely just destroyed by this awkward, what shall we do next? Mm. And then they just and then you just go to this, oh, we'll make love and we'll put, the, yeah. we'll put that appalling song on in the background. Oh, don't And it's like any, any <laughs> tension that you have built up you have just destroyed in a minute. Yeah. And it's that yeah. whole thing again of not knowing what you are. That's Go all I've done, Inspector. Sorry, this is a huge tangent because when they get off the train, there's a chauffeur waiting. Yeah, what's so that about then? In the middle of nowhere. So Blofeld, you know, I'll send a car in case Bond beats. Yeah. You know, if he, if Bond. Yes. It's- Whereas that does bring us back, though, to From Russia Love, how. They're on a, you know, one-way journey here that's going to come to a grisly end, and they're on a, you know, a journey where they don't know how or who, like you said, Tom. You know, there's three of them. Who's going to be getting off alive? And it's, you know, it's going down a tunnel um, that's going to have a, a grim end for for yeah. a few people. To me, the best films in the Bond series are the ones that know what they are and they commit to it. So this one, you know, it's quite blatant by the way we're talking about it. We all agreed this is a fantastic Bond film. Absolutely. It's because it, it knows what it is and it just commits to it. But we, spoiler alert, <laughs> we, all speak quite, we all speak quite positively of Moonraker, which Moonraker can be quite derided by critically. But again, one of the reasons why I really like Moonraker is it knows what it is and it commits to it. And it goes whole hog that way. It doesn't try. And so one minute we'll do this. Oh, but we'll throw a bit in that. Because what you get then is that complete confusion without sounding like a broken record. That's Spectre in a nutshell, isn't it? Whereas Casino Royale, you know, I've got so many reservations with it. We will be reviewing that very soon, hopefully. But it does stick with the same tone throughout. Yeah. Well, yes, the, the, the you know the plot and the manifestations of what happens and all that I do have big issues with, but none of it seems too contrived, perhaps, or silly. Um, Precisely. 
whereas you you know dying of the day as much as i love that film for its <laughs> absurdities <laughs> it does start off like a normal james bond doesn't it a standard james bond and then goes all nuts basically and yeah i think they saw triple x midway yeah, through the film yeah. <laughs> and then, then like, oh right we'll do that what was the most ridiculous part <laughs> of Elliot carver we could bring into this next film that's a yeah, they were going for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, no, but John, great point. I agree. When a bond knows what it is, absolutely yeah. spot on. Absolutely and the confidence in the in the, the storytelling as well. It's just like yeah. we know what we're doing. We know what we have to get. To. We're getting from point this to this. Let's just let's do it and make it fun and make it interesting. But yeah, they hit the nail on the head with that tonally. You know, some of these are, are a mess. I think it's fair to say. <laughs> We're going to have to get a swear jar for... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just... When Die Another Day isn't the most hated film, we, we do have lots to say. We really do. It's, yeah. it's an easy target, but goodness me, there's a lot worse than that. The um, <laughs> Going back to how good this is and how well-established Grant is, we've just mentioned before that he... His villainous ways and almost how good he is is established off screen. So we we see him posing as Captain Nash. We never even get get to see Captain Nash, I don't think, um, because he's been killed off screen. And then he's got this. We've hardly heard Grant speak, of course, at this stage. And then finally, we get him speaking all the time and loads of dialogue with Bond, and mm. he's got glass accents. And uh, yeah, and then the the sort of copy spectre as we've as we've said and we have this uh this lovely dining scene yeah i think as you know how i kind of said it was a bit like a horror before with the the crashing and the banging and that kind of all of a sudden that comes to an end when grant speaks and all of a sudden it becomes uneasy but in mm. a totally different way as in in a slower back to that game of chess kind of way and it's amazing how it can keep that sense of threat going, but change its tone slightly. And this is all within one train journey. It's amazing how yeah. much. It's like a, a film. It could be a film itself, this train journey. Yeah. The, mm, the way it shifts Hitchcock, from uh, tone. Very Hitchcock, isn't it? Yeah. Very Hitchcock. Yeah. The the sort of way, I don't know, do you, do you get almost that Grant isn't quite the top tier of spy in the way he, when he's pretending to be somebody else? It seems slightly unconvincing sometimes, yeah. and he's struggling a bit. He's, oh yeah, absolutely. I think he's, you know, he's 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 a bit of a bit of a meathead, isn't he? <laughs> the one that's sort of sent in to 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 to, to kill everyone. He's like you say, he's, 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 yeah, a very unsophisticated bond. You know, he's just sent, you know, I'll kill him. You know, you kind of, you know, and and like I said, that bit where um, he meets him on the station. And is it, Bond recognizes the briefcase, doesn't he? Because he's obviously got the, he's got the same briefcase, and it is that that, that it's very awkward. And and then like, and I, I do. And the more I think about it, the more I, I'm convinced that Bond does know. So mm. That's like, oh, what took you so long? And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I only got M's hour, M's wire, and uh, mm. whatever it, what the line is. Um, and asked it, uh, and then they ask, oh, what are M's orders? And he just he's, and again he's very uncommitted, like because obviously he hasn't seen it. So he, again he's like, oh, uh, I was just basically I'm here to, to just meet you. But again, the bonds kind of testing, and the fact that he can't, he, he isn't a 
I, I can't imagine him being a, a kind of undercover spy. I can't have it. I can't imagine Grant being having an alter ego, you know, and playing another character. I don't think he's that sophisticated. I think what he does, obviously, he's very good at, and he's been ahead of the game all the way through this. But when it comes to all these like little mistakes that he does, like obviously the the, the wine being the, the main one and, and various things, that 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 is, uh, yeah, it, I, I think Bond isn't convinced that he you know, that he's who he is as well as I don't think Grant, I think Grant really struggles to have, to be convincing as being, you know, someone who he isn't. As I think, as I look back throughout the series of henchmen who have to act as opposed to being mm-hmm. a meathead, the only one I can think of really is Necros. And Necros, like, all his roles that he acts are no more than... 10 seconds they're like a quick snapshot where you know he he pretends to be the milkman and then he does that perfect impression of um of the guy on the walkie-talkie i can't remember what he says like uh there's you know we've got gas explosions here in the kitchen or whatever he says and all that whereas red grant is asked to play a different character a prolonged period it's very much like it is awkward in the way that it's done it goes over the top in how he's trying to um and how he's trying to convince there's like he gives the card he goes the old man he says cheerio cheero at one point you know um he doesn't really strike me as someone who particularly likes the finer things in life so when he sits down with the with the fish and then he orders the chianti with it and stuff it's very much that kind of um there is an awkwardness there. Um, I always find the scene where he sat with Tatiana in the train car waiting for Bond, like, very awkward. Uh, he's obviously not very good at small talk. You know, he's, you just see them sat there, no talk, and then all of a sudden, I'll go and see where Bond is. And I think he does the best that he can do in that scene. Um but at the end of the day, as it said at the beginning, this is an Irishman who's a psychotic thug who's been brought in by Spectre, and therefore they're going to let the guard down at certain points, aren't they? When Bond introduces Tatiana to, to, to Grant, does he call her by her name, or does he call her by her cover name, Caroline? Ooh. Just, I, head, I, I feel like, that. does he give her the... Does he, Offer the, the cover name rather than that. I, I don't know. I, just something. I, I'm, I'm, I'm again after after having a look. But you, you're right that 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 he is un, unconvincing and awkward and the very uncommittal with his answers. Yes. Very vague. Very and much. Kind of like oh well yes no uh, so what's so what's the problem and you know and uh, you know we, we always don't worry about that we can get out of here and this is stuff and oh but let's let's do you mind if we get a bite to eat first. yeah i mean ultimately because when they start asking about his plan his plan is no more than oh we'll just sneak over the border on foot yeah you know it's it's not it's not very clever is it really you didn't you if that was what your plan was going to be and bond knew that he didn't particularly need to ring someone up to go and do that he could have just done that himself couldn't he i think it's also important as well because if you've reached a point now where something does, something's got to give. You know, Grant's been on top for so long. Absolutely, it's you know, there's there's a weakness now showing that could be exploited and give Bond the upper hand at long last. It's you know, as the you know as this journey goes on and on, there needed to be a breaking point. And like you've said, Chris, probably yeah, how his lack of conviction with putting on this role 
does give Bond a, a way in. Yeah, and he must he must be he must be he must have his misgivings because he says when he, when, he, when they say oh well let's go and get back to eat you know in, in in the restaurant car he tells Grant to go and obviously he then goes back into the compartment and goes mm-hmm. through his his briefcase so he, he's going through his briefcase to double check to see you know obviously and obviously he recognises the brief and turns the, the you know the, the the buttons around and then opens it and obviously he's, he's he's suspicious of him even then before they even go down and sit down for dinner. Or rather breakfast. That's all for part three, but join us in part four, where Bond sees off the threat of Spectre and, spoiler alert, completes his mission. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.